I think we've all seen these like no-code tools that are really fun to use and really fast and wondered, why am I still typing everything? And Mighty Meld gives you a way to have that kind of visual experience in your product that's code relative. And it's basically like a visualization and creation platform for sophisticated, coded React web apps. And the Mighty Melt also allows you to do some creation in your app. It kind of feels like a no-code tool, but it's actually working on your code base. Hey, this is Brian, and you're listening to Jamstack Radio, a bi-weekly series where we discuss modern web development with maintainers, founders, and developers. Jamstack Radio is brought to you by Heavybit, the leading investor and developer-first startups. For more information, visit heavybit.com. If you're interested in being a guest on the show, or if you'd like to suggest a topic, find us on Twitter, at Jamstack Radio. Welcome to another installment of Jamstack Radio. On the line, we got Steven Skolny. How you doing? Hey, how's it going, Brian? I am fantastic. I crushed two slices of pizza for lunch and a salad, so good balance. Yeah. No breakfast, <laughs> barely dinner, so like I'm burning the candle at both ends. But happy to take a little bit of break with you and chat about Mighty Melt. Um, but before we, we talk about Mighty Melt, I want to actually find out who are you? How'd you get here? Yeah, yeah, I'm a, a developer with like a CS background and also a self-taught designer. And I have a tremendous passion for creative tools and the kind of creative experience. And we can get a Mighty Belt a bit later, but Mighty Belt is just an expression of my passion for uh, trying to make things better. I mean, I've worked in a lot of different frameworks, so I'm not a strictly web person. I have been doing web stuff almost the whole time <laughs> the web's been around. But I've also worked on a lot of different platforms. I've made games. I've done things with computer vision and AI from, from back in the day. Uh, iPhone apps, native apps, Windows apps. Basically anything with the user interface I've worked on. And I always gravitate towards UI and front-end on the web and things that deliver some kind of experience that's visceral to people is what I've really been passionate about in my, my development career. Yeah, and you mentioned in passing, so it's amazing to hear you. I keep so many experiences, at least engineering in a, a few different platforms. The design thing, like how did you get into the design aspect of your 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 approach in your career? You know, I started designing things before I didn't even actually know what design was. Like in high school, I was the layout editor of the newspaper and was working on the yearbook. And I remember my senior year of high school, I had a friend who was like, I'm gonna go major in design. I was like, what is that? Like, I, I didn't even know design was a thing. But I went to when I went to college, there's some classes. I did like a concentration in graphic design. Got really interested in art and uh, actually spent the early part of my career doing digital art. And my PhD project was this like VR creative tool. So I think I just kind of spilled into it, you know? Like I I loved computers from a very early age. The thing I really loved about computers was their way to deliver images to us. So my just continuing passion for for that kind of stuff, just having noodling around with design. And then uh, moving on forward, I had an agency for a while, and I just started doing design and working with uh, on the design side of things. And and more recently, I've worked as a UX designer for a number of companies. So I kind of followed this sort of self-taught path into the design world, just out of passion and just doing it a lot. Very cool, yeah. I mean, I think like eight years ago, I, I got a sketch license because uh, our designer... Sketch was his his thing. He didn't build it; he just used Sketch. And then I learned how to make the boxes and the the buttons, and like how to unblock myself for a while. So I, I don't think I ever considered myself a designer. I thought I was going to do graphic des- graphic design back in college, but ended up going into 
a completely different path and then came back to engineering. So uh, I'm always appreciative of like folks who have the skill set in both both directions, uh, design and engineering. Yeah, it, it very much appreciated. Yeah, a, a lot of my design is actually being the guy who would make the flyer. You know, just like something's yeah. going on, we need a t-shirt or a flyer or a poster. I would just be, I'll do that. You know, just I got a lot of iterations that I was really bad at it for a really long time. But with cycles and also learning from a lot of really talented designers that I've had the opportunity to work with, I, I managed to get a, get a little more comfortable with it. Yeah, so cool. Yeah, and uh, so uh, we, we got a bit of your background. So like engineering, different platforms, guided design. So what is Mighty Meld? Yeah, so Mighty Meld is a React dev tool. And it's basically like a visualization and creation platform for sophisticated, coded uh, React web apps. And so I think it's easiest to think of Mighty Bell as kind of picking up where Chrome DevTools uh, leaves off. You know, uh, it gives like a code-aware view of your web app while it's running, and so you can see the component structure, kind of like run your app, pause at any point, see all the components that are driving what you're seeing. You can bounce back to VS Code really easily. Uh, if you need to like add hooks or you know tie it to Redux or, or that kind of thing or context, and the Mighty Meld also allows you to do some creation in your app. It kind of feels like a no code tool, but it's actually working on your code base. So you can uh, change props. You have like drop downs to change properties and do styling, like color pickers. You can drag and drop to reorder. We have a little bit of AI in there, so you can do some prompts to update your styles. And then as you do this work, it does these clean surgical micro code updates. To your code, so it's kind of like uh, trying to bring some of those things. I think we've all seen these like no code tools that are really fun to use and really fast. And wondered why why am I still typing everything? Yeah. And Mighty Meld gives you a way to have that kind of visual experience in your product that's code relative. You know, Chrome Dev Tools is very DOM relative, or in the DOM, language of the DOM, so in the language of your code base, and then do these these kinds of updates. That's what it's about. Yeah. So Dev Tool had me like think, oh, is is it a Chrome extension? But it sounds like it's a VS Code type extension, but maybe it's not VS Code specific. So how, how are folks, how are developers like interacting with this thing? Yeah, it's actually, uh, it's like a standalone. So basically you, you take your React project, you add a couple of dependencies to it, and then you tell Mighty Meld the command to launch your dev server. Yeah. And then you type in npx Mighty Meld, Mighty Meld launches our studio, which is like this thing that runs in your browser that has browsers inside it with your web app and, and iframes. And then Mighty Mode like launch your app and you see it there. And so it runs in the browser. It's a little difficult to talk about. I find it a little <laughs> difficult to talk about because it's like there are all these all this like inception stuff with like browsers inside of browsers. And we actually used Mighty Melt to develop Mighty Melt, which is like a whole trip. Yeah, that, that's fun. But, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. But yeah, basically it's like a local browser-based tool that works on your local dev build. And as it's running in your browser, it's also talking to our server, which does like a lot of the code analysis and and stuff like that. We have like this kind of little like reverse compiler, you know, like takes things down to the AST level. And then as you do moves, it updates the AST and then generates clean little code updates just to like the very little bit of the code that uh, your update affected. So, yeah, yeah. And like for folks who are, who are just listening and maybe haven't seen like on the website already, uh, but on the website, like there's a visual representation of this like browser. You make the changes and then you can see those changes happen in your code itself. And this is like I, I love this because like having that sync between the WYSIWYG thing. Like I, I always like whenever I talked about like no code tools, I talk about my experience with my older brother who is a designer by trade, almost no engineering experience at all, and he'll build like a, a Wix. Like now he's on Webflow, but before Webflow, 
he would do like a Wix or a Squarespace and be like, hey, can you help me fix this thing? And I'd be like, I don't even know where to start with these like no code tools. I, I can't help you. I don't want to learn this. Like, good luck. Go ask their support, pay for some service or whatever. Yeah. But like this is like the thing I would push him to it's like, hey, yeah, cool. Like make it make it work for you, like make the the details make sense. And if you need me to jump in, I can always jump into the code, which is I don't know if you would you consider Webflow like one of your competitors or is it a completely different space because you're on the developer side? Yeah, I think I mean, Webflow does a really good job of doing landing pages, marketing pages, really single stack kinds of pages. And if you're going to build one of those pages, I would kind of just point you to Webflow because it's great, you know, but yeah. the kinds of projects our, our early customers are sort of building are things like type system generators, uh, crypto trading app, uh, dashboards for SaaS products, things that have that more sophisticated functionality. And that's where you're really going to find a lot of like benefit out of out of using Mighty Meld. Uh, it's kind of like, I think of Webflow and a lot of these no-code tools, they go in one direction. It's like designed to code. And Mighty Meld is trying to go in the opposite direction. So we take your existing code base. You can you can do a brand new project, but also like a legacy code base or evolving code base. The idea is to let your code be whatever it is and give you a nice visual dev tool on it. And so, yeah, I would even say someone who doesn't know how to code, they're not the kind of people that are really using Mighty Melt these days. It's more developers. They know React. They know they could type it. It's just a lot faster to not have to type it and not have to think so much about styling and have these additional superpowers. So it's still very much for like in the code, but visual. It's really inspired getting back to some of my background by things like the Unity game engine and Xcode and like using those kinds of things. That's really, this, Mighty Melt dates back to a conversation almost a decade ago with a friend of mine we were working on this VR project and we had to do a web, hop back to the web for some reason and we're like, why am I type, just typing all this stuff? <laughs> You know, it's like I want to change the way it looks, and I'm typing and like syntax is like weird CSS stuff, and that was kind of like the itch that that eventually turned into Mighty Melt. It's a lot harder to do something like this for the web because there's so many. You know, it's not a closed corporate owned ecosystem like with Apple or with with the Unity game engine, but it's also kind of cooler because hot reloading is a thing on the web, and in Unity when you do changes, you actually like have to pause and it's harder to you don't have this hot reload experience, and that's in some ways, it's more difficult to do something like this, you know, on the web. But also with Hot Reload, it's way cooler experience than you actually get with with Xcode or with the Unity game engine. So it's been a really fascinating project on so many different levels <laughs> to work on this uh, this uh, tool. Well, and so what is the so you, you mentioned ASTs? So did you you have like the syncing engine compiler recompiler thing that's happening constantly doing this hot reloading for Mighty Build? Uh, yeah, so basically, we use Babel extensively under the hood, which is a really great AST engine. And so basically, we will store your AST, and then when you do an update, we'll then generate the new code, write the code to disk on your dev box, and then rely on your existing hot reload technology to kind of fire. And so in some ways, it's almost simulating what you do as a dev where you're like, I type this into VS Code, the file gets saved, and then I see the update, except you're doing it with like a, a visual move uh, instead. Yeah. My other thought that I had around this is, let's say I'm using, I'm using MindML, it's synced up, but then I, I spend, I, I have some engineer that jumps in, it's like, I'm going to rewrite some stuff, I don't know about MindML, but I'm going to build. Do I get out of sync? Like, do I have like a, a weird merge conflict thing down the road? I mean... 
you can always make merge conflicts, as we all know, right? Yeah. But because it goes from code to, you know, visualizes your existing code, there's no lock-in. You're not even, we don't even change your code at all, right? Like, uh, there are these dependencies that only run when the mighty meld flag is set in your environment, essentially. So, yeah, other engineers can go in, do whatever they want, use mighty meld, don't use mighty meld. And it just, you know, if they add some stuff, it's just like what you experienced the first time you added it to your project. Mighty meld is seeing a bunch of code it's never seen before and kind of uh, attaching itself to it. So, yeah, there's not really a lock in, buy in. And the reasons for that are, I'm sure everyone knows in the audience, like you don't want to have to change your code for a tool. And I, I think we all know that we want to be able to do things the way we want. And that's super important with Mighty Meld, uh, especially in comparison to you know, living in some of these closed ecosystem kinds of tools. You know, like the important thing is for you to be able to be like, listen, I, I need full control. Right? I just yeah. want to do this this way. And Mighty Meld also gracefully works with things that like, even if it doesn't support it, like you can add it. And it just kind of like works its way around it. So I mean, there's all kinds of stuff in the code base that it doesn't understand right now, uh, like your you know calls to your backend and things like that. It doesn't really get too close to you quite yet. So yeah, and to be fair, earlier my my comment about the this Wix situation, like Wix has definitely come along <laughs> over the years. Um, so so folks who are worried about closed ecosystems and beyond Wix, check out Mighty Bell, But also like I don't want to disparage Wix and all the all the good work they've done in the last years. Not at all. Like Wix is amazing. And there are a lot of amazing no-code tools out there. WordPress is amazing. I mean, I don't know if you pay attention to the WordPress ecosystem. It actually turns out that we have some people starting to use Mighty Meld because there's you can integrate React into WordPress. And so people are actually using Mighty Meld on their React that goes into WordPress. So yeah, these lines are like no-code, low-code. It's getting really blurry these days. Yeah, they're all great products. And I think it's really just about the level of control you want to have. And that's where I think most engineers like me are. If you're a full stack person, you want that full stack level of control. And yeah. there's certain kinds of products where you need it. I'm not sure if you know a good word for this. You know, it's like complex, sophisticated, like coded. I'm not sure what the word, but there's a certain kind of thing where you're like, I gotta code this myself. And that's that's where we are with the mighty melt. So yeah. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, the sort of ownership that that I guess developers have. Like sometimes I, I I'd rather go build the library. Because I know, I know, I can get something that can do the thing, and but I'll have a bunch of bloat alongside of it. So I'm like, oh, let me just go learn the thing, build the small thing I need, and then if it ever gets too big, we can always get the other thing. Um, but I keep saying thing over and over again. But I don't, yeah. have a, I don't have a concrete example. But I think with like doing like date time stuff, yeah, uh, like everyone used Moment back in the day. Now there's a bunch of them, like DayJS, mm-hmm. and for specific calculations for my small little. Uh, I was actually counting down the days till Beyonce's last album launched. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, "Oh, how do I count these days and then like make it work in every time zone?" Let me just like not because I wanted to like ship this really quickly as an Astro app. So let me just give like the one little lib to do the calculation of the date time thing, and it just works no matter what country, what city you're in. And like I love doing those problems. And I imagine like having actually, I was going to ask a question like, what's the ideal project and team to like reach for a money meld? Yeah, I mean, basically, I'm mean, kind of looking at the standard kind of team, you know, the pod with like five developers and one designer or seven des- develop. You know, that's the kind of team that Mighty Meld is really is really built for. Okay, yeah, very cool. Yeah, I, I imagine it. Um, you, you get to expand bandwidth if everyone's got access to the, the WYSIWYG low code experience, but also can write the code. Uh, the, the example I was thinking of is like I like building like. Astro sites or like this really quick like websites 
uh, to solve a problem or like a marketing page that's not a marketing page, but as like a uh, now founder, like I got a bunch of side project ideas, like let me just throw something up together, but I don't want the full on React ecosystem come along for the ride. But like this seems like something like, oh, let me just try something out, see what happens when I put this up on the, the social media platform formerly known as Twitter. What I'm getting at is like, I just want to throw a thing up together real quick on a weekend or in front of an audience on stage and then change it again next time I have to go stand this thing up and be like, oh yeah, let me change like a prepare for the next Beyonce launch date or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to, I mean, and you could do something like that in Webflow or you could do it in React and often we choose different tools for different reasons. And yeah, it's it's an interesting question. I think a lot about like, what exactly, you know, people ask me, what exactly is Mighty Meld for? And we're like, well, the things that you code, you know, it's like, why do you code stuff? And usually you want, it's either a small thing and you want more control or it's a larger project and it's going to have a lot of sophisticated functionality. And you know that, you know, the no-code tools actually tend to thrive when they're built around narrow use cases. And yeah, if you need that kind of generality is usually when you tend to code or you just need, you know, multiple engineers you are doing uh, something sophisticated. And yeah, that's really what Mighty Meld is, is designed for. And that's kind of why we think of it as a dev tool. And it's the easiest way to think of it. And that's really the spirit of it. As in the same way that you use your Chrome Dev Tools, it just it's there while you're developing, and it, it, we made it for people who develop <laughs> and uh, yeah. yeah, the kinds of things that need to be developed. Yeah, how how big is the team currently? So we're uh, four full time, and we have several people helping us out part time. Um, it's actually it's been a really exciting journey. The f- sort of four original members have been building this, and we had quite, I, as you might could imagine, it's quite a lot of work. And a lot of moments with this project, it seemed like uh, where we thought it was impossible for various reasons. It took us quite a while to crack some of those really tough problems of getting all this to harmonize and flow together. And so, yeah, four four kind of core members. And then lately, we've been adding the team, but it's just with people from the community. So people get really excited about Mighty Meld, and they've been helping us out to, in in various ways. And it's just been exciting. Uh, it's really great to work on on Dev Tools because. You get to work with developers, and developers love your, your product and what you're doing. And then you can, uh, they can work on what they love with you. And and it just uh, the kind of community energy is my first real dev tool project. This, and I have to say, it's just amazing to be part of the community and and doing something with developers for developers. So yeah, that's kind of how the team is growing. I think it's probably not a, a atypical story, but it's been really really good to me. Yeah, so cool. And that I I was thinking through. Next question I was going to ask is like, what's next? But I was also thinking through like, we we're talking about like the low code, no code experience, and it seems to be quite a bit of a movement in the last couple of years uh, of folks like starting to adopt and like, if you don't have the, the sort of skill set to like jump in and and do a bunch of stuff, you've got other solutions for you. But then there's this whole other movement, which is the AI movement now. So I was curious, have you thought about that? And like, in conjunction to Mighty Meld, I'm sure everyone's thinking about this thing. But yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, we found some really great ways to leverage AI in Mighty Meld, and the way we're working with AI is we use it for. Uh, so we built this like this foundation where we have your running code, and you kind of visually see your code and go to different places of it. And so with your UI, you can kind of click on an element and just ask the AI to update its style, and it's really helpful, really solid. People are sort of on the fence. I talk to a lot of developers about AI. Some love it. Some say, what does it really do for me? I feel like the AI we have right now in Mighty Meld is like a definite, definite win. 
And it's it's just about styling. And it's like, sometimes it's like, make this green. And or you're like, you know, add a top margin of 10 pixels, and it's easier than typing margin dash top. Most useful, I find, is for things like with Chakra UI, if you want to do a responsive style, it's like all these brackets and colons and stuff. And you can just say, you know, make this uh, 100% width, but at the large breakpoint, make it 500 pixels. And it figures all that stuff out for you. So that's kind of how we're using AI. And it's really cool because it's like it updates your live app while you're working on it. And you can see what it does in case you need to tweak it or undo it. And so I feel like we have, in some ways, our, yeah, that, that's kind of how AI works with, with Mighty Meld. And it's been a real win for us to the point that we're like, it's a no-brainer. It's, it's not going anywhere. And we're looking to take it further in terms of like changing components around or doing deeper changes in the code base. We're a little sensitive to sending information to the LLM. So right now we're just sending like single elements, which are basically things that you know anyone using the product would, would sort of be able to see at least something close to it in, in the DOM. Yeah. So we haven't really crossed that bridge yet in terms of like, well, actually, we want to send the whole, the whole code base to the LLM and like the security and permissions around that. But that's certainly where we're heading with it because we've had a lot of good success. But that's how it works. And I think that's my, how I think AI is best for development, at least where the technology is right now, which is like something with a human in the loop to help you just get there a little bit quicker, but not like, oh, here are the reins, like solve everything for me kind of approach. Excellent. Cool. Yeah. What is next for Mighty Belt? What are you guys working on? What do you, what do you want folks to be excited about? Yeah, I think right now we're really just starting to get the word out about Mighty Meld. You know, our closed beta has only been going on for a couple of months. So I think we're we're just excited to get more developers on the platform. And we've really been doing a lot of work to fine-tune that parallel developer experience. You talk about seeing things update in VS Code. If you work in VS Code, updates in, in Mighty Meld. So I think at this point, we're just like, you know, there's this new way of developing. Developers have never had it this good before on the web. And I would even say, like, even compared to Unity, like, this is better than what I experienced as Unity, just do the nature of hot reload. And so I think we're just excited to, to be here and doing this and, and sharing what we discovered uh, with the community. And in terms of our roadmap, it just there's like all kinds of capabilities that we're looking to add in terms of things like building out new components, uh, as I mentioned, pushing the AI forward, and then broadening our support and making things better uh, for like a variety of, of styling systems, as well as opening things up to the community we already have some ways where you can extend and customize Mighty Meld to work uh, around your like internal design system, for example. So we're, we're looking into building some of those functionalities out as well. Very cool. Well, yeah, looking forward to kicking the tires. I didn't get a chance to check it, check it out before the podcast, but I'll definitely be in there uh, a bit later. Perhaps I got to get opted in to go test it out for my, uh, my next little side project. But yeah, folks, uh, if you're interested, uh, definitely reach out to Steven about Mighty Meld. And Steven, if you don't mind, I want to transition us to picks. So these are things that we're jamming on. Yeah. Could be music, could be food-related, could be tech-related. Uh, all of the above is on the table. And if you don't mind, I'll go first. Sure, sure. Just earlier today, I saw one of my favorite developers, um, developer advocate at uh, Vercel, launch a new, a new product called Get Headshots. And it, it's exactly what it sounds like. You, you upload uh, up to, I don't know if there's the top limit, but minimum four headshots or selfies rather, uh, and it'll generate you a headshot for your LinkedIn profile or whatever. And what a genius idea for generative AI art. Like, I love that a lot of folks are having like, I want to do the chat GBT and just ask any question, but then I also want to generate whatever art like a mid-journey. But like having just a specific use case for a nice little side project is like 
this is what I love developing for is that you can just like solve a simple problem and generate a headshot, which is like my, my problem is like, I'm always wearing a hat and glasses everywhere. So then like the time I do have a haircut, I never take a selfie. So then I'm like, Oh man, how do I get a, a new headshot that's up to date for this conference? I'm going to speak up. It's like, Oh, I'm going to just generate one. And, uh, yeah, so I did that earlier today. And yeah, I, I just think it's a cool use case of the Vercel team, just throwing together and getting people to deploy stuff to production with these like small little wins. Yeah, that sounds like a great app. I certainly could use a better headshot. And it's also been great to see this with a lot of the opening up of the the models to see these, these fine-tuned and tailored models coming out with very specific uh, use cases. What was that called again? I want to check it out. Uh, GitHeadshots.ai. Okay. So just launched today. I think they're actually hitting some server load or something because it took a, a while for me to get my uh, my confirmation email, and then it took me a while to get the the images to upload. But some growing pains. Uh, I think they'll probably figure it out. They're using a bunch of other s- services in the Jamstack to, to kind of put this thing together. Uh, so I think some of their their partner companies are are struggling right now. Yeah, I think for my picks, I'm a big YouTube fan, so I think I'll maybe call out. I'm also an NFL fan, so I don't know if you watch uh, football at all, but I've been really loving the show called That's Good Sports, which is basically an NFL show, but with a, it's kind of like the daily show uh, for sports. Is This one guy does it in his basement, and he writes everything, and he's just uh, hilarious. Oh, wow. So if anyone's a football fan, I recommend uh, That's Good Sports. I've actually not heard of that. I, I do occasionally. I watch less football nowadays. I watch way more NBA. Um, whenever NBA comes on, then I stop watching football, which is basically first couple weeks of the season. Yeah, but I, I am a fan of like Shannon Sharp and Stephen A. Smith. And uh, actually, have you heard of the Broadcast Boys? No, no. Okay, another sort of these like basement shows. It started in the basement during pandemic, where they would just do like TikToks on sports stories. And these guys were this amazing storytellers where everyone actually copied their format, the broadcast boys, which they were the they did like um they did like one on Muhammad Ali or about like this some obscure NFL receiver that you maybe you've heard of, but like here's a story of how he got to where he's at and who who he played in college and stuff like that. And it's like a very engaging three minute storytelling. Uh, and then they they pivoted. Well, they didn't pivot. They I think they already had a podcast, but they did that to get people to their podcast. And they just signed on. They haven't announced who they signed on with, but they just signed on with the network to do the broadcast boys. And this is like a run-up of like end of 2021 until now. Now these guys have like a, a real deal. So anyway, I guess I'll make that my pick, the broadcast boys. Yeah. Specifically the broadcast boys, if you go to their TikTok, I don't watch the show Love is Blind, and my wife does, but the broadcast boys, they do at the usually like towards the end of the Love is Blind season, they do like a roundup. As if you like looking at playoffs for like the NFL, yeah. But they do it with the the couples of like who's who's with who and like how they got there, and they do a whole back backstory. And I've literally not watched any of the show, but I know everybody. I know everything about everybody because they just do a really good sort of like the NFL red zone. We just see, yeah, just the highlights, the ending. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, I, I feel like I, I could I could talk more about sports, uh, but for now I'm gonna check out that that podcast uh, or sorry that show on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good sports. Yeah, yeah, and I would just remind our folks check out Mighty Meld, uh, good feedback. You'll find Steven in his contact information in the show notes. Yeah, thanks, Brian, and uh, keep spreading the jam. That's all we have time for today. If you're interested in being a guest on the show, or if you'd like to suggest a topic, find us on Twitter at Jamstack Radio. This show is brought to you by Heavybit, the leading investor and developer for startups. To learn more about Heavybit, visit heavybit.com.